Hey, 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 it's John Grimes from Ambiguously Blind. If you're like me and have a fever for more cowbell, consider this your medicine, the AT Banter Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter. Wow, one banter. I was was waiting for... uh... You only get one banter this time, Mano. This is uh, the good news show. I'll get perky in a minute. Are you sorry? You're on strike. <laughs> <laughs> I am not sagging, but I am. Well, I am. Well, in places. yeah, I think we're all sagging. But I'm over fifty, so hey, that's expected. Hey, for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, who else do I got here? Hey, it's. Uh, wait a minute. No, we have to do. Let's let's do this thing. Uh, the, this is, of course, the podcast where we normally talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. But Uh, no, not tonight. Screw those guys. That's right. But (laughs) however, I am Rob Minow and joining me today, Mr. Ryan Fleury. Boo. (laughs) Miss. Not the Halloween show. (laughs) (laughs) Miss. Miss Malone. Not a show about owls. (laughs) <laughs> this is going great already and mr steve barkley it's me and this is the good news show that's that's right this is the good news show uh i now we don't even have to tell people what the heck we're doing today because it's a good news heck, show why the heck are we doing a good news show and what is a good news show let's set this up well uh, it's a show with with news that's like good <laughs> yes yes well this was just a, this was an idea that was born out of covid and uh we uh we got sick of talking about covid in the first i don't know month and a half there was nothing to talk about no one to talk to so we were just talking amongst ourselves and all we were talking about was covid so we got sick of that and we came up with this idea doing a show that was just about good news and we thought we are overdue for one of these puppies because I don't know if you've watched the news lately, but it all sucks. Well, it depends on what you're watching. Yeah, no, he's pretty much right. (laughs) It's all terrible news. Maybe, I know I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the algorithm. If if you want good news, you actively have to seek good news because you're right. The algorithm, as soon as you start looking for bad news, it's going to go, hey, dude likes bad news. Let's give this dude bad news. Yeah, well, gotta look yeah, for good, good news. Good yeah. news doesn't good news doesn't sell, right? Good, nobody nobody's looking for good news, and I'm sure when each of us were looking for stories, you know, sure it's as simple as a Google search and you find a bunch of sites, but you turn on the TV and there may be one good news story in a one hour news episode, right? So it's, it's always at the end. It doesn't sell, yeah. Yeah, they make it, you sit and wait for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's because they don't want to end it with you know. Family of four killed as they were going on their dream <laughs> vacation right. as they drive off the cliff, you know? Like they, they, they Puppy it, it, crushed it, by steamroller. It's always Good night, like, everybody. Yeah, little <laughs> Ken was saved from the well and oh my goodness, that, that kitty turned out to, you know, be little Lulu's uh, you know, treasured reincarnated great great grandmother and thank goodness <sighs> they're all together again. And now it's got a doctorate in virology. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys got to stop watching Fox News. <laughs> but hey, but that is not the only reason that uh, there's some good news, uh, because we have a very special guest with us to help us with this uh, episode. Absolutely. Joining us once again, Miss Rianne LaPere. Hello. Thanks for having me. Or as we like to call her, the Bell from Nell's. <laughs> See what you did there. Right? Well done. Yeah. Yeah, do, we have, do we have the rights to use ACDC's Hell's Bells and dub in Nell's Bells and stuff? Ooh. Hell's Bells. That sounds epic. <laughs> so, you know, before we get started, why don't, let, let's just talk really quickly about Nell's, because just in case uh, people are listening in who uh, are not familiar with Nels, what the heck do you guys do over there at Nels? The National Network for Equitable Library Service uh, provides uh, services and collections to users throughout Canada. So uh, we're owned and sustained by Canadian public libraries, yeah. um, but we also work with uh, international partners, libraries, readers, and publishers, particularly Canadian ones, uh, to make books in accessible formats available to anyone in Canada who has a print disability. Um, and then among that, we also do lots of work through our uh, federal grant funding uh, to work with publishers to uh, kind of to work towards that born accessible model um, and get at the end of the day, get more books in the hands of, of people who want to read them. Excellent. Well done. See, that wasn't so hard. See, it all come back to you. It's like work is like riding a bike. It just <laughs> comes back to you as soon as you. Except that it's always uphill. Yeah, I turned on my computer for the first time in like five days. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so you, you've been on vacation, is that right? Yeah. Man. Tomorrow's and... my last work day before vacation. Nice. Oh, what you doing this year? I'm fishing for two weeks. I'm Amazing. back for a week. And then I'm out camping for a week. Nice. Amazing. We yeah. camped North Dakota. It was 36 degrees. Oh, toasty. In the Badlands. And... uh it was hot and grasshopper metropolis really yeah. wow did wow. you cook any of them i hear they're tasty uh i squashed a few but i didn't eat any mm. i think huh. you're supposed to candy them yeah i think so i think or chocolate cover them yeah, yeah. so yeah, this is our good news show we're talking about crushing hoppers Good news, you can eat grasshoppers. <laughs> that may come in handy at some point. We yeah, might be, right. as a society, we may be eating bugs uh, soon. No, I'm yep. okay. Good news, Rob. Good news. Good, good news. news. Bugs okay, soon. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay, well, listen. What enough of shortage. that. Let's, uh, let's get started. Let's, uh, let's talk some good news. Give us, give us a piece of good news, sir. Oh, gosh. Uh, let me see. Let me see. There, there's been a number of pieces of news submitted. I... Somebody's snoring? It's, that's the dog. I was wondering if it's someone's dog. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I didn't think you could pick that up. But yeah, Daisy is snoring oh. under my feet right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. Somebody fell asleep. Is there, no, you can't tell whose mic is. I'm like, Ryan, Ryan, like I hear snoring. <laughs> Ryan, do you have narcolepsy? <laughs> wake up, I Ryan. I do, actually. Ryan, wake up. Oh, there yes. you are. 
Yeah, his voice is just so soothing when yeah, he's our listeners can be soothed to sleep by my my voice and the gentle sounds of Daisy snoring under my legs. Okay, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is a good news story, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with it. Um, uh, the the title is. And and this is from the Good News Network. Uh, love those guys. They if if you need a breath of fresh air any day of the week, go to goodnewsnetwork.org and do some reading because they are the best compiler of good news that I've ever run across. So, but this one is titled "13 Foot Sawfish Spotted Farther North Than Any in Decades: Hints at Recovery of Species." So, How is that not good news? Well, I mean, uh, other than the fact that this giant shark with a saw, you know, face oh. is out there. Like, I mean, who wants to run into that in the water? But I mean, the fact that there's endangered species, you know, coming, uh, uh, you know, repopulating is is incredibly great news. Let's let's start with the article and then. Oh yeah, I, sorry, I got and excited. Then, and, and then, then and then you can cut Steve down. I will just blow it out of the water okay so <laughs> while on a fishing trip with some students hoping to be able to teach them about the habits of sharks a scientist in florida landed a 13 landed 13 feet of jagged faced hope up from the depths of cedar key came a mature female sawfish a bizarre relative of the ray with a chainsaw for a nose called a rostrum and an animal that almost went extinct in the u.s once widespread in the u.s southeast Sawfish numbers plummeted due to a variety of factors. They were the first native freshwater fish to be put on the endangered species list. The tagging will allow biologists to track the animal for 10 years to see where it spends its time. Grubbs and his colleague were encouraged to see that the animal was female and that she had mating scars she was reproducing. Sawfish nurseries tend to be found in the calm waters under and around mangrove trees, like near Tampa Bay, south of Cedar Key, where the three juveniles were recently found at a place called Rattlesnake Key. Both Cedar and Rattlesnake Keys would have had plenty of sawfish at the turn of the 20th century, and a belief is forming that they are returning to old haunts as part of a slow, steady recovery. Grubbs told Newsweek that he believes the population is recovering after the ESL listing, as well as additional measures like increasing protection for mangroves and a ban on gill nets, which the sawfish rostrums were famous for getting trapped in. Yeah, it's nice to see them them coming back, uh, but uh, you know we gotta we gotta make sure that their environment is good, and uh, we gotta stop driving gas powered cars and flying everywhere. True. But here's here's what I took away from this article. So, so first of all, I, I I read this. I read the article and I looked at the picture of this thing. This thing is ugly. I've never seen a sawfish before. I find it really interesting. There's swordfish and there's sawfish, um, but it's got to be a real drag to be a sawfish because first of all, you're called a sawfish, and there are such things as mating scars. Now that's alarming, right? Yeah, that's definitely alarming. Like, like it's that like, sucks. Oh, yeah. I met this girl the other night, but oh man, she had mating scars. It's like should have seen the blades to, on her. I don't know how to feel about that. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know. So that's that, that. That could be why they died out in the first place. We maybe not didn't have anything to do with it. It's just the fact that 
you have mating scars like that's that's taking i mean that's well beyond stretch marks at this point right <laughs> yeah anybody else anybody else got anything sawfish anyone ever seen a sawfish no but they're super cool looking i mean yeah, I don't want to run into one. But. Yeah, no, they do literally look like like their whole back end. Like they do look like a, a saw. Like yeah, they, they, they literally look like they've got a chainsaw on the front yeah. of their face. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. See, the ocean, man, the ocean's crazy. Also, like, how cool is it that the, like, the marine ecologist's last name is Grubbs? <laughs> like, it's just like the perfect last name to be in the ecology field. Just saying. That's true. Yeah, makes That's sense. Probably why he went into it. Yeah. What else, yeah, what else do you do? Grubbs. What else yeah. do you do? He's like, does does anybody want to be operated on by Doctor Grubbs? I don't think so. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. What's next? Let's apologize to all the people out there with the name Grub. <laughs> it's just a joke. No it, offense right. to them. That's right. I'm sure that you have the fine person and have a great career. I had a teacher named Grubman, so yeah, he was a he was a he was a fine man. Sure, I'm sure, but I'm sure behind his back, I mean, all you guys probably totally like slagged Grubman. No. Yeah, exactly. No. So I thought. No. No. Okay, what's next, Steve? Oh gosh, uh, let me see. Um, the title again. This is from Good News Network, and this is "Woman Who Lost Eye as Baby Wears Glitter Eyeballs to Own Her Difference." Rachel Mehta was just 18 months old when her doctor spotted a white glow in her eye, which led to her retinoblastoma diagnosis or cancer of the eye. The cancer was so advanced, doctors made the choice to remove her eye in a two-hour operation, but far from donning an eye patch and feeling sorry for herself, she filled a prosthetic eye with glitter to create an unforgettable persona and now helps others own their difference. Rachel grew up without any concern for the missing eye, but after surgery in her 20s made the prosthetic eye more apparent, she began to lose her confidence a little. As an eventual remedy, she began to look for fun or creative prosthetics rather like a quirky piece of jewelry to transform her disability into a bit of bling. They are full bling, said Rachel from Portland, Oregon, of her more than 20 fake eyes. I just get to focus on being me rather than looking normal. One day, Rachel, who hadn't thought to wear glitter, glittery or glow-in-the-dark eyeballs, met a little girl who also had been diagnosed with retinoblastoma. I knew I never wanted her to feel the way I was feeling about myself. I thought, why am I allowing myself to feel that way, she said. That's when she got the idea to find someone who would make her a gold eye instead of regular-looking prosthetics, since there was no movement in her eye anyway, and it always was quickly noticed to be a fake. I had a gold crystal one and one with holographic mirrors, she said. I had a brand new one made for my bachelorette party that looks like turquoise stone. Rachel set up a Facebook group called One-Eyed and Wonderful and began connecting with others who had one eye like her, as well as hosting fundraisers to buy fun fake eyes for people who wanted them. She also helps raise awareness for retinoblastoma in children and helps educate people on the early signs of the disease. She set up the Fun Eye Fund with her ocularist, Christina King, and between them have helped fund 43 eyes. For every $500 raised, we get one prosthetic made. She said, I want others to see they're not alone, and it's something to be proud of. Own the fact that you're different. Love this story. Yeah, uh, me too. 
Yeah, I absolutely love it. I love her owning her presentation of herself uh, and being empowered by it. That's yeah. a fantastic story. Yeah, I know for sure. You know, it's actually really interesting. Ocularists is uh, is a really interesting profession. Um, I watched actually a video um, about it, and um, it is really fascinating because generally, normally with prosthetic eyes, like they they go above and beyond to really try to make it look as natural as possible. Um, just because you know, if you if you make any sort of mistake or it sits it's sitting wrong or anything like that people can tell immediately with with eyes it's it's very different than like a prosthetic leg or arm people are generally you know the opposite they try to make it look as natural as possible so i really did get a kick out of the story that yeah she's she's just doing her own thing and she's not worried about it looking natural and trying to blend in she's you know just trying to make it her own and, and own the difference and I, yeah i i agree steve i loved it I didn't know that prosthetic eyes could be changed like with a lot of frequency because I, I just know very little about it. But I was like, wow, that's actually very cool if you can just kind of have like, you know, different sets and different options that you can put in well, and take out. I had a set of prosthetic eyes. They're called, I think, Scalara lenses at the time. I don't know if, what they're called now. Maybe they're slightly different than what this woman has. But over the years, and I think, you know, they mentioned it on the Limitless podcast as well. But as you grow and age, your your eye sockets change, right? The size change, skin loosens, whatever. And so you do have to get refit every few years or you know, maybe every 10, 15 years. So the set I got back in the mid-90s wouldn't work for me now. I'd be cross-eyed and crooked and it would be an interesting experience to go out wearing them but also there's no way in canada you can get a set of prosthetic eyes for 500 dollars. not a chance they were like three thousand dollars a pair when i got mine in the 90s and i wow, can't really imagine really? what they are now were, and, were they covered and, by medical percent <clears throat> depending on your medical a percentage was but not the total amount so you know i find it interesting that she's actually seeing an ocularist to get her eyes done professionally because they have to measure the you know the distance between your eyes you know top bottom width so on and so forth to make sure if you are getting actual eyes <clears throat> excuse me that everything is centered right that they actually look like eyes but for 500 bucks you know i i don't think i don't you guys can see the pictures but for 500 bucks i think that's the novelty eye that's not the real eye yeah. Yeah, no, no it, they're very novelty. Like it, it really is like a, the one, the picture I was able to see was, it was like her, I think it was her right left. I'm sorry, her left eye was all like silver glitter, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Which, which is interesting because I guess you know maybe there is no reason why they couldn't do a real eye because it is just paint that they used on the prosthetics that I had. You know, they have an artist go in and whatever laser paint them or however they're done. So maybe these glitter eyes, you know, well, she said they were filled with glitter. That said, yeah, they, they don't look like they're stuff, just but... painted. They, they yeah. look like they're filled. Like it's they're, inside uh, of the glass yeah. somehow. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have her on the podcast. Yeah, there you go. There you it's go. It's a pretty cool story. I remember, is, Ryan, absolutely. I, I remember you talking about uh, the process of getting a uh, uh, an artificial eye and how they had to basically squish a bunch of goop into your eye socket to, yeah. to mold 
to to figure out the shape that they had to make the thing so that it would fit yep. in inside your eye socket and uh and and that sounded really um really gushy <laughs> <laughs> well it's basically like a clay right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and because i still have my eyeballs even though they're shrunken down these weren't like i said these weren't the full eye these were the the, the lenses or prosthetics that sit actually on the eyes so as i move my eyes you know even though my eyes are closed the prosthetics did hold them open to a certain extent but as you turn your eyes left and right you know the prosthetics would move with your eyes so they did actually look fairly natural uh, but yeah the whole process is or was at that time where they prop your eye open put a bit of freezing in there fill your eye with goo and take them out and you go back two weeks later and they file them down shape them make sure they're fitting comfortably there's no sharp edges and away you go so i i can't believe she said like 20 20 sets <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a lot of eyes well i guess once they got the mold they can they can make as many as you as you want yeah right? and she's not doing it for cosmetic purposes either she's doing it as a kind of a, a symbol of her identity yeah. right yeah. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think a lot of the time invested when you normally when you when you get prosthetic eyes, a lot of that is, you know, the process of getting them looking just right, fitting just right. So when it's a novelty eye, it doesn't none of that really matters. Right. I so. wonder if the process has changed a little bit too, because I think about like when I had braces as a teenager, you know, we had the goop in the mouth and the whole mm -hmm. deal to fit everything and Yeah, but, yeah. Like, I had that too. When like my kid got braces and the whole retainer and everything. It was a series of x-rays and measurements and right. it was all like 3D printed. Yeah. And oh, wow. there was no goop involved. And I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> they got away so with the goop. If, exactly. I'm like, I'm wondering if they can do the same thing for eyeballs now. Yeah, maybe. We'll hmm. have to have an oculist on the show. Actually, that would be cool too. Maybe we can have this woman and her ocularist. Sure teach us how to say it <laughs> that would be good <laughs> all right what's next oh gosh okay uh this this is one of the ones that i dug up uh and this is from yesmagazine.org uh the title is an unprecedented having of child poverty twice uh, it's a, a historic drop in the child poverty rate over the past 25 years showed us exactly what to do when the pandemic hit. A bit of good data. We cut the child poverty by more than half, then we did it again. Social safety net programs over the past quarter century were the largest drivers of an unprecedented 59% decline in child poverty between 1993 and 2019, just prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Then child poverty plummeted by more than half again as pandemic relief programs put cash in people's hands between 2019 and 2021. So that's uh, there's a there's a chart that goes along with it, but um, in 1993, more than one in four children lived uh, below the poverty line. So this is the share of families with children whose economic resources are below the supplemental poverty measure threshold, whatever that means. Um, in 2019, that number was reduced to one in 10 
And in 2021, that number was reduced to one in 20. So we've gone between 1993 from one in four kids being below the poverty line to one in 20 kids being below the poverty line. That's that's great news. Because that was great news. <laughs> it is. That was great, great news. news. No, it's, do you not watch the news and see what's happening locally? Or are you talking about inflation? Got families and that can't feed grocery themselves. Prices? Yes. Well, sure, but <laughs> it was great news. <laughs> but even even if you were to take that, because I believe the 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 percentage change in in um, uh, well, actually, I don't know that those correlate. Never mind. Even if we were to reverse this trend with the given current inflation, I don't think we would go back to those 2019 numbers. We've still made gains. Oh, probably. We'll see, we'll see how this charts out come, you know, sure. when they when they release the 2023 numbers. Yeah. But 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 kids not living in poverty, I'm I'm entirely behind that. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, listen, they wouldn't be living in poverty if they'd go and get some jobs. Bring back jobs. <laughs> well, interestingly, a lot a lot of the states in the U.S. are lowering the age where children can work. So yeah. there you go. You know, they can they can get out there and find themselves <laughs> a job. You know, maybe there's some coal mines out there. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. we'll bring it back coal. So do we not have workhouses? <laughs> I mean, chimneys. Chimneys need to be swept, and you know, well, they, right. Well, oh. right now Hollywood's on strike. We need actors and scriptwriters. That's right. Oh, well, I, thought, of, I thought that was all going to be AI and uh, CGI now. Yeah, well, that's it's going that way. Yeah. <laughs> but those kids are the ones creating it. So. That's right. Okay, next. Or does anyone else have anything to say about child poverty? On <laughs> or child time? labor. <laughs> child labor, good. <laughs> no. I don't think that's worth, I don't think that's the takeaway here. Not any good news, certainly, but, <laughs> but I agree. It was good news for sure. Okay. There you go. Yay. Yay. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, who did rescued lab chimpanzee amazed seeing open sky for the first time? That was me. That was you. So let's talk about rescued lab chimpanzee amazed seeing open sky for the first time. A former lab chimpanzee seeing open sky and feeling grass for the first time will warm even the coldest of hearts. Video shows the chimp Vanilla walking around, staring at the vast Florida blue sky in amazement while slowly taking in Save the Chimps Sanctuary in Fort, uh, Fort Pierce. The Animal Protection Organization recently posted the heartwarming video of the 29-year-old chimpanzee exploring her new island home. Vanilla, who spent most of her life in a New York biomedical research laboratory, appears hesitant at first looking outside from a doorway. She then jumps up and down, hugs another chimp before staring up at the sky with wide, hopeful eyes. Dwight, the alpha male who's in charge of the chimps, coaxed her out with open arms, Dan Matthews of Save the Chimps told the New York Post. In the video, you see her going into his arms for a hug, he detailed. It is the first time she was outdoors with more than 10 feet of fence around her on all sides from top to bottom, he said, adding that Vanilla was clearly elated to have suddenly found freedom. The video shows Vanilla being guided by Dwight and another chimpanzee as she explores the wide open spaces and interacts with a group of chimps. Vanilla and her sister Shake were welcomed into the sanctuary after spending years in captivity at the Laboratory for Experimental Medicine and Surgery in Primates, 
L-E-M-S-I-P, in Tuxedo, New York, which specialized in HIV and hepatitis research. Vanilla was born at the lab and was torn away from her mother shortly after birth, Post reported. It was a horrible lab and protested by animal rights activists for decades. Jane Goodall targeted the place as a hellhole. Matthews said the chimps there watched TV and never saw the light of day. Matthews told the outlet that the animals in the lab, which has since shut down, lived in mesh cages that were cleaned by being hosed down so workers didn't have to release the animals. Hey, that sounds like most Americans watch TV and they don't see the light of day. <laughs> And and then they get hosed down without ever leaving the place. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's, that's a, a terrific happy story. story. And, and you know what? I'm I'm a huge Jane Goodall fan. I've I've you know followed followed her work and and followed every special that I could see of the stuff that she <laughs> she did with uh, with chimpanzees. Um, they're incredibly intelligent social creatures, so ridiculously close to humans in a lot of their manner mannerisms, even to the point of using tools. Uh, they recently discovered a group of chimps that were using fire to cook food. Hmm. Um, I mean, these are, these are advanced intelligent creatures. So for them to be held in cages is just awful. Yeah. It's a bummer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 29 years. Yeesh. Yeah. Man. So nice to see vanilla out in the wild. Yeah. Or the yeah, relative wild. It is. But really, man, that just it, that sounds like the plot of the next Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, I think I think actually the next Planet of the Apes movie is about Twitter, isn't it? You blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not called Twitter anymore. It's called X. <laughs> Oh God! Is it though? Is it though? Because apparently Microsoft has the patent on, on X? X as a trademark. Or the, they have the trademark on X as a for for one of their projects. So oh, apparently he doesn't even own that. Like he, he's going to he's going to be spending his time in court fighting with Microsoft over over that X. Wow! Just, just assign Vanilla to CEO of. Twitter and of all things, internet. Vanilla, <laughs> vanilla could not do worse than Musk has. No, that's for sure. No, no, Most nobody certainly. can. Um, but think if the two of them worked together, if they had kids, they'd be Vanilla Musk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, vanilla could do better. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> that's the name of a uh, bed, um, not uh, Bath and Body Works fragrance. Vanilla, vanilla Musk. Musk? Yeah, it's a, I actually have the room spray. <laughs> wow. I'm not kidding. Okay, wow. Rob, that's the graphic for this week's show. There you go, um, Vanilla Musk. Vanilla Musk. Yeah, make okay, sure whenever like you it. spray it, you make little chimpanzee noises. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the real question is, is does it smell like freedom? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. I'm too busy not seeing the light of day watching tv <laughs> uh okay what do we we got a couple a couple left what, what's what's the story all right this this is mine this is mine yeah. and and you know i like i like anything that involves lasers you know ever since dr evil put lasers on sharks i thought wow we need more lasers on things and this one is titled it's from forbes it's titled, Self-Driving Farm Robot Uses Lasers to Kill 
100,000 weeds an hour, saving land and farmers from toxic herbicides. And that's that's pretty much the gist of the article. I don't think I need to read the whole thing, but uh, basically what they've done is they've got a technology now where they have cameras on the bottom of these, these big farm pieces of farm equipment, and they drive over top of a crop. They identify which plants are the plants are growing and which plants are weeds. And the weeds, they zap with a frickin' laser. They just go boink, and that thing is done, and they carry on. But they can do 100,000 weeds an hour. Previously, you would have had to have sprayed all kinds of toxic chemicals on top of that and, you know, specific toxic chemicals that were designed so that the plant was resistant to, to pesticides. And, you know, they, then they blast this pesticide or herbicide, sorry, not pesticide, herbicide uh, on it. And, you know, the, the, the weeds die off, but, uh, but then of course that makes it into the food chain and, you know, no matter how much you wash your food, you're probably not getting all of it off and you get to eat it. And so uh, there's no eating lasers. You don't have to eat a laser. Plants, weeds dead, plants alive, laser. Love it. And why don't we have a consumer version of this yet? Because my lawn has got many a weeds. Oh, I could I, use some I, lasers. 100%. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you that there is a consumer version of this at some point in the near future it'll be like a Roomba it'll wander over your lawn it'll trim it it'll go blast your dandelions and you know carry on I want like a Rosie from the Jetsons that does my vegetable garden for me and all I hear is pew 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 pew, pew the entire time just go out in your yard with a laser pointer and go pew, 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 <laughs> pew, pew. Actually, that, that would be more fun, actually. If you had like a little gun, a little laser gun, <laughs> like just shoot weeds out on your lawn. I mean, I Where's Marvin find, the Martian? I think you'd find a lot of people would would, would enjoy doing that. Yeah, definitely. Which which one was Rosie in the Jetsons? It was the robot. The, the maid. The robot. robot maid. Oh, the robot maid. Okay. That's right. Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, I, I, I went to read that article and I went to click onto Forbes and Forbes informed me that it didn't like the fact that I was using an ad blocker and wanted to use <laughs> ad blocker before I could read the article and that wasn't going to happen. So I, I just gleamed uh, all the information from the headline. But what struck me about it is just like you could replace the word weeds with people and uh, <laughs> it's a very different, very different outcome. Although maybe people are weeds to the earth. Ooh, I like that. Maybe that's what those probes are for. There you go. No, but it's interesting. Like I don't know. Should we give be giving robots lasers? I again, I got to go back to speculative science fiction. Did they teach us nothing in the eighties? Uh, robots with lasers, bad idea. Well, these ones are just pointing at the ground, though. So yeah, now, they would have to knock you the down. Uprising. Yeah, until we until we load AI into it and it decides that uh, we farm machines had, start taking over enough of humans. Then we're AI's back to transformers. In yeah. Uh, okay. So well, that's so cool. Robot lasers, excellent. Pesticide-free gardens and fields are amazing. Yeah. Great well, news. We do. We need to get rid of the herbicides for sure. Like uh, way long overdue. So anything that can help us clean things up a little bit that damn do we do we need that right now so as joel joking aside robot with laser if it means less herbicides and pesticides sign me up 
My one question is the self-driving vehicular, what is it powered by? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, but wait, good news here only, right? Maybe I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> oh, it's solar powered, of course. Yeah, oh, okay. Maybe. That's great. I don't know that it says, but uh, it's. I'm going to go with electric. It's a rechargeable electric vehicle. I'm going to go solar panel like uh, like uh, Liz said, because I feel like that's uh, okay. I'm yeah. I'm very confident it's solar. I'm feeling really good about that. It's powered by the blood of children. Or recycled well, uh, recycled oil from uh, you know from the fast food restaurants. <laughs> Wouldn't that pollute the, the, the fields were like more? <laughs> nah, because nah, that all goes into the atmosphere. It's all good. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. Okay. Just what, it what could we possibly do to the atmosphere? So <laughs> that's that's a natural that's a natural transition here to another story here. And this is one that I found on on a, uh, it's a company. Uh, their website is 12.co. And they describe themselves as the carbon transformation company. We make the world's most critical chemicals, materials, and fuels from air with our revolutionary carbon transformation technology. We're reinventing what it means to be a chemical company in the climate era on a mission to eliminate global emissions and build a fossil-free future. We make essential products from air. Carbon-based compounds are the foundation of our modern world. They give you they give your favorite running shoes their spring they also give them their carbon footprint the problem is we get this carbon today from fossil fuels in the form of petrochemicals we don't need fossil fuels to supply essential carbon products we can extract them from co2 we make chemicals materials and fuels with a proprietary co2 made carbon transformation technology that replicates photosynthesis at industrial scale just like a plant in nature it transforms co2 into useful products with just water and renewable energy as inputs and producing only water and oxygen as outputs. We're building a future with no fossil fuels, no new emissions, no trade-offs. We can make thousands of chemicals and fuel products from air that today are made from oil. So I, I stumbled across this one uh, because they're also making jet fuel. So they're basically sucking CO2 out of the air. They're combining it with water, and power and creating jet fuel okay but how are they how are they powering themselves to do all this renewable Probably energy petrochemicals they're, no they're powered entirely with renewables wow. so they're carbon neutral they're carbon no they're carbon positive oh interesting wow well we need to get this that. this company can probably sell carbon offsets in addition to producing jet fuel huh Wow, that's pretty crazy. Wow. That's see now that's some good news. Mm-hmm. Because we've got to get all of this carbon out of the atmosphere somehow. Because yeah, exactly. you know, thing things are getting kind of toasty around here. Um, hey, okay. And and this is a company that does it at industrial scale. That's super cool. Very that probably. is super cool. Yeah, I'll have to put that in the show notes. Go check them out. Where can yeah. I support these guys? All right. Uh, who sent 
boy stops at random house to leave a pep talk on stranger's doorbell cam. Oh yeah, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great story mm-hmm. of this kid. A young boy was headed down a neighborhood sidewalk when he made a stop at a random house with a doorbell camera to leave a positive message of encouragement for a stranger. The video posted on YouTube by Southwest News Agency does not identify the boy or the location, but the youth is an American walking with a few friends in a tree-lined neighborhood. He looks directly at the camera with an earnestness and wisdom seemingly beyond his years. Quote, you matter, all right. There's always going to be someone who cares about you. You're a good person. No matter what people say about you, you matter. I'm just trying to say something nice. You matter, man or girl, whatever you are, no matter you matter to someone, just keep that in mind. Don't forget that. Then he went on with his day, sauntering down the sidewalk with a small shopping bag, presumably heading home. And uh, says, watch the astonishing moment below. And it says, video unavailable. The video is not available. <laughs> 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 no, well, I because well, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if I've, I saw this story before or something, because I've seen this video. Um, and it is interesting, although the, the article isn't exactly right, because what it sounds like is I think these kids were playing Nicky Nicky Nine Doors. I think so, too. At, right. And all his buddies like ran off and left him on the stoop. And then he left that message. Um, so which I don't know, just maybe what, the, kind of what is Nick, Nicky? What? Ding dong ditch. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard it. Kids, you know, I'm... ring the doorbell and run away. Oh yeah. Ring you... and run. No, we just, <laughs> we never called it that. We called it. No, Nicky, it was Nicky, Nicky, Nicky nine doors. Yeah, well, no, no. Well, that. maybe up there, but here it's ring and run. Interesting. I'm like, Nicky, Nicky, what? <laughs> in, in central Saskatchewan, it's ding dong ditch. <laughs> I love that too. This is great. We should, we should actually take a survey. In Northern it's Saskatchewan, all... it's knock, knock, ginger. Wow. In Texas, no it's kidding. draw and shoot. <laughs> God. Wow. <laughs> Ryan, come out of left field with the darkness. Oh. Sorry. So, no, that's because, because I can't resist. Uh, I had to I had to Google it. Uh and and this dates back to something called Nickanen night, sometimes called Hall Monday or Peasen Monday. It's a Cornish feast traditionally held during Shrovetide, specifically on the Monday before Lent, sometimes called Roguery Night in West Cornwall, England, UK. This event was an excuse for local youths to undertake acts of minor vandalism and play practical jokes on neighbors and family. The name Nickanen may come from the practice of knocking on doors and running away, which is known as Nicky Nicky Nine Doors in some parts of the English speaking world. The eating of pea soup and salt bacon was also associated with this date. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. So Nick and um, night or Nicky Nicky Nandars. Yeah. So, but anyways, it, it was, it, it is a, it, it was a nice message, See, but honestly, like I watched the video and who else watched, did anyone else watch the video? I, 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 wasn't available. I have to admit it, it was very sweet, but there was part of me that was like, this kid really also kind of comes off really smarmy. So I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I saw this on my door doorbell cam. If I'd be like, I don't know if I'd buy this. You could just That's, be a dick. I turned on the alarm. There wasn't a there was a moment where like one of his friends, supposed friends, came back to kind of get him, and he's like, 
you know, like beat it. Like I've, I'm, I'm trying to leave an important message here. Right. So I was kind of like, okay, yeah. The, the, the slimy's not so slimy now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think he pulled it off in the end and became, he, he did, he did seem sincere by the end of it, but, but yeah. That's because oh, nice. he, did, he nice. didn't want to get busted. Well, so, but this uh, also leads me to think that it must really impact um, Nikki Nikki Nandor these days. Like, I don't even know, I didn't even know that people still did it, but yeah, doorbell cams must really screw up people's game these days. Probably. They sure do. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, like, made me think, doorbell cams are so common now. This is, this is, again, this is one of these science fiction technologies that we grew up, like, all, all science fiction that was that was totally a thing like we'd have video calls and we would have you know you know cameras at the door so you could see who people are coming to your door uh and all this stuff is actually here and we just we think nothing of it now but really it's pretty cool where's my flying car rob i know we, we don't find cars yet but i want man, my freaking flying car we got the rest of it there i'm 55 years old i need a flying car <laughs> There is a flying car. Well, get it to me. Like, now. It's I, only I like $300,000. Yeah, but is it really a flying okay, car? Okay, get, get, get me somebody with $300,000 in a flying car. <laughs> so, wait, I could, man, I just want to rant for a second, though, because even if they do develop a flying car, this is the problem with, with cities and districts and stuff. They're so slow to, like, adapt technology. Like, you know, these electric scooters that you're seeing all over the place these days? Great. But there's really no regulation behind them. They haven't even figured out, are they, do you need a license to, for these things? Are they a bike? Are they a car? Like those things go pretty fast. Yeah, can you ride them on the sidewalk? Like there's no bylaws around these things. It's, it's like the oh, Wild West. No, no, there are. There are. You, you, like a, if it's a, a street legal scooter that can do over like 30, I think, it, it can be driven on the sidewalk, which is not to say people don't, because I right. watched it happen the other day. But yeah. You know, not they're not supposed, supposed to. to. But it's just one of these weird things that it falls, and even electric bikes, like those kind of fall in this weird gray area between it's a bike, but it's also kind of like a motor vehicle. Like it can kind of get going pretty good. So what is it? And I, I feel like flying cars would be the same. They just wouldn't, we wouldn't have any rules or regulations until late in the game. So you'd have people flying around in their flying cars, creating all kinds of chaos. We could do we could do an entire flying car episode because I've got I've got plans got yeah. plans for how this is all going to work. But okay, because yeah, you well, got to have you got to have an air traffic control system that's tracking every single car oh, from its from its from its departure point to its arrival point, and it has to schedule when it can land at its arrival point because you're only going to have so many places that they can land too, right? So it's, there's got to be a, a AI. Uh, air traffic control systems specifically for flying cars and then it'll all be good oh yeah well see, which will make it really easy for ai to kill off a bunch of us right all in one day one hour be like okay let's crash all these mfers into each other get rid of the humans you know, the right human could do that too true that's yeah. true yeah it's yeah. true it's true yeah. yeah disgruntled employee yeah trump supporter <laughs> Taking it, taking it down a notch. <laughs> um, okay, listen, we're running late. 
Okay, we we are, but there's only one two. article left, and okay, then there let's is one sidetrack that I'm going to take off this article okay. because it came up on a tab on the side from our partners, and when I read you the headline, we're going to want to look into this. Okay, so good. first Quick. off, let's start off with the main story here. Yeah. And an espresso a day could keep Alzheimer's at bay by pre preventing tau clumping. Whether enjoyed in a latte, oh, sorry, I should go back. This is, again, goodnewsnetwork.org. If you need good news, goodnewsnetwork.org. These guys are awesome. Whether enjoyed in a latte, Americano, or even a martini, espresso coffee provides an ultra-concentrated jolt of caffeine, but it might do even more for one's alertness over the long run, according to new research. In vitro laboratory tests show espresso compounds can inhibit tau protein aggregation, which is one of the processes believed to be involved in the onset of Alzheimer's disease. Although the exact mechanism that causes dementia are still unclear, a protein called tau plays a significant role. In healthy people, tau proteins help stabilize structures in the brain, but when certain diseases develop, the proteins can clump together into fibrils. Scientists believe the tangles are one of the key causes of dementia, slowing thinking, and memory skills. Some re researchers propose that preventing this aggregation could alleviate symptoms. So, Marapina D'Onofrio and colleagues at Verona University in Italy, where they drink a lot of espresso, want to see if compounds in the coffee could prevent tau clumping in lab experiments. The researchers pulled espresso shots from store-bought beans and characterized their chemical makeup using nuclear magnetic resonance spectroscopy spectroscopy so many big words they chose caffeine and oh there's another big word trigonaline both alkaloids along with the flavonoid <laughs> why am i reading this this is nuts <laughs> there's so many there's so many chemicals here okay oh uh, hang on anyway drink more espresso eobromine <laughs> a compound also found in chocolate to focus in for... okay so the long and the short of it is drink 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 espresso because yeah okay so let me let me before we run too long what what was your story list did i miss one of your stories it's on the i it's check my check the email all right here we go. Liz's article. Sam Kaplan, 72, graduates from a Georgia college with his 99-year-old mother cheering him on. The last time the septuagenarian had to hit the books for classes was in the 1960s. More than 50 years after graduating high school, a 72-year-old recently earned a undergraduate degree and turned his tassel. On May 11th, Sam Kaplan became the first of his seven siblings to earn a bachelor's degree after receiving his diploma in cinema and media arts from Georgetown Gwinnett College in Lawrenceville, Georgia. According to NBC affiliate WWBT, Kaplan's 99-year-old mother cheered on her son from the crowd as he crossed the stage for his graduation ceremony. She's very excited, the new graduate remarked about his mother. She's excited, happy, and proud. Backing this up. Really? media <laughs> like the, the guy's 72 years old how many movies has this guy probably seen and he's getting a degree in media <laughs> like come on all of us could have studied for 72 years worth of media and gotten a degree in this right okay we need to change this show from good news exclamation point to good news question mark <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea i that's like fair. it yeah 
Oh, that's inter- I mean, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I love how we're all debating whether or not these are we're good news skeptical. or not. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's not good news. good news for him. Sure, for sure. I just, I don't know how useful. I'm just trying to think of myself. Like, if I'm 72, do I, do I want a bachelor's degree? What for? You've got to one. be the first in his family of seven. That's okay, right. well, maybe. He's so there you go. So maybe. Yeah, sure, so what maybe what, what does a bachelor's there. degree in media actually allow you to well, do? Nothing. Maybe it was that he got to give his 99 year old mother the gift of having one of her sure. seven children be a college graduate That's before true. she before she leaves this mortal coil. That's could be very, very true. And you don't think that she's going to be sitting yeah, there on her deathbed sons going, of bitches? going, going, jeez, <laughs> media? <laughs> <laughs> She's 99. It was probably more like, is that my son? <laughs> oh, my God. Is this the movies? Where am I? Unless she drinks a lot of espresso. Couldn't one of you have gone in for criminology? <laughs> oh. oh, Lord. Listen, maybe she drank a lot of espresso, and that's very alert for a 99-year-old. I mean, I'm I'm not going to take anything away from this guy. Going back to oh, the I classroom at that age? Yeah, oh my yeah for Lord. sure. I, yeah. I went back. I went back in my forties for a um, uh, marketing uh, uh, program, and and I think I took like a marketing course, and I, I did very. <laughs> I, I did very well. I know, but what are you doing <laughs> now? <laughs> uh, apparently, same thing that I was doing before. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it's, uh, we talked to Deborah Erickson, uh, last week, uh, from the blind kitchen. She was talking about, you know, being in her forties, going back to going mm-hmm. to culinary school for the first time. She talked about that, right. About how she, you know, it's a social situation. It's hard yeah. to fit in with a bunch of 22 year olds. Yeah. And imagine going back when you're 72, holy, yeah. well, he, he probably was 68 if he, if it was a four year, four year program, but, uh, True. you know, even so 68, going into colleges oh that's uh that's tough yeah i mean that's not really high on most people's list of what they want to do when they retire no although i don't know i i mean that would be kind of cool like i've often said that you know if i was if i was like a you know really super rich and didn't have to work that's totally what i would have done i would have just been like i'm screwed i'm just gonna go go to school go get some degrees for just kicks let me read a little more of this to put it into context because okay. uh, um, she last saw her son in an academic setting in 1969 when he graduated high school in the decades after Kaplan crisscrossed careers. According to the college's news release, he ran a cleaning service and later a telemarketing company. He also worked as a taxi driver and in customer, customer service for electronic wholesale distribution. Kaplan's college also revealed that the septuagenarian decided to enroll in school again for the first time in decades when he was 68 years old. I was driving down 316 and heard on the radio that Georgia Gwinnett College was offering a degree that involved script writing, he explained. My car seemed to have developed automatic steering and I pulled off on Collins Hill Road. Five minutes later, I was registering for the fall semester. Hmm. Hey. mature. Didn't that work out nicely? We need writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he, so he, he leapt straight into a strike. Good for him. 
Well, there's the good news question. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how you're going to edit this. I don't know either. Maybe not for me this week. Man. Well, that's no, that's nice. That's a nice story, too. It's a nice story. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Indeed. You know, it'd be a fun writing exercise. And if we had to take all of those uh, good news stories and then combine everything, all the people from people and animals from all those stories and combine them into one story. Like one day, Vanilla the monkey was driving the robot that destroys weeds down the street when she accidentally ran over a kid that had just left a message on a doorbell cam. I forget the other one. I don't know how we're going to work sawfish mating into it, but <laughs> but it's okay because he hadn't drank an espresso and uh, you know uh, forgot all about it. <laughs> oh man! Well, is that it? That's it. It's time for dinner. Yeah, it's all it's... the good news we can well, handle. It is all the good news we can handle. Well, this was fun. I'm glad that we we had a chance to do this again because. Uh, I think it's overdue, and it's times that we did something silly uh, once again. Been very serious over the past few months, so it's just fun. You know, first comes to worst, you can always just take like a John Krasinski good news from pandemic days and just dub it over top and claim it as ours. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I forgot I about loved, that. That's I right. love that he did that. That was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we probably lifted that bit from him. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, first of all, Rianne, it's lovely to have you uh, on again. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks yeah. for coming on and being silly with us for a while. Anytime. Excellent. Just okay. think, hockey season in a few months. <gasps> I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> Go, yeah, we didn't have our hockey moment. Yeah, listen, we'll you know we should, we'll do a po hockey podcast. I'm not a I'm not a below above above doing that. Below above above. <laughs> I, don't know, I have to place myself. Uh, I love that. I, I, I love that you had to turn that into a moral dilemma. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, as somebody who got routinely face washed by hockey players as a child, uh, that's that's yeah. That's, that was life in McKenzie. It was a hard Rob, life. Rob, let's go find them now. Their knees are shot. We can beat the crap out of them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, uh, Rihanna, anything to plug before uh, before we go? Yeah, yet, uh, you know, plug Nels? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. Anyone who's looking for some uh, books in accessible formats with uh, print disability in Canada, you can visit uh, nnels.ca. There you go. We highly recommend it. There's some good books there. Yeah. And if we don't have it, put in a request and we'll make it. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Hey, Liz. Uh, hey, Rob. Uh, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us at atbanter.com. Hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> at, at atbanter.com no one will ever notice uh, no, 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 nobody nobody noticed that I know and, yeah. and they can find us at all kinds of social media they can find us at um, yeah no they can't find us on social media anymore yeah, we're, we're out 
No, they can. They can. They can find us on. Wait, what did you say? Facebook and Instagram. And we're still on Twitter and. Twitter. Oh, yeah. No, I thought I thought it was X now. Yeah, I think Whatever. it is X. I, who knows? Mine's still my. I still have the Twitter icon. Yeah, me too. Until they, until they get sued. Yeah, he's. Uh, who knows? Who knows what's going on with him? It's he's still Tweeter. There's still a bird. It's Tweeter. <sighs> yeah, who knows how that's going to play out? It's kind of entertaining to watch. I'll, I'll have to admit, as somebody who doesn't really have. It's like watching a live train wreck. Yeah, it it is. It, it is. Like, like Elon Musk's uh, uh, takeover of Twitter has been just an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. They're down 60% on advertising <laughs> revenue, which is where they made all their money. Yeah. And and they're still hemorrhaging advertisers because what yep. the hell is this thing anymore? That's right. Anyways, that is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks, of course, to Rianne for joining us. And we will see everybody with our regular scheduled programming next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778 778- 847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.